You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Baye Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. back to another episode of Habs Nightly, folks. Uh, fresh off the guest appearance of Ryan Prott. I hope I said it right this time. Uh, we want to thank Ryan again just for coming on. I think that was a very successful episode. He's very insightful, and I know this guy's going to fucking make it in the business uh, further than I am because he's younger and he's getting on to it early, and he's not. He didn't have such a backwater fucking education. But anyway, uh, we have some big things to talk about today. Obviously, we kept it uh, for this episode because that uh, that meant that all of the trade deadline finished. So there's a couple of heartbreaking moves that happened. But uh, honestly, in my opinion, I think the Habs walked away very strong. It might be one of the best uh, to get it done during the trade deadline. But before we go any further, Mason Dixon. How the fuck are you? I know you were tired. We had to postpone this so he can go to Timmy's and get him a fucking cup of coffee before we start. That way we can get him a buzzing. cup of coffee. A cup of coffee. No, no, no. An ice cap, my friend. Oh, an ice cappuccino. Yeah. I dig it. Oh, uh, I don't. It's not really like ice cap. Some Tim's aren't really ice cappuccinos, though. They're kind of just like they're just thing. iced coffee with sugar. No. It's a nice cap. An ice cap. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's its own Yeah, thing. I don't know, but my wife would know because she went to fucking Tim Hortons before I did. Because, you know, why not stomp on my fucking dreams and like my little checklist <laughs> of Canada? Uh, she she got it before me and had some Timbits and didn't. I Honestly, they probably wouldn't be good by the time she got home. But I was like, you didn't fucking bring me a thing. No, like, t- Timbits <laughs> do not. They do not keep. You I got a 20-minute lifespan on a Timbit. <laughs> they get rock hard. You can toss them through a fucking window. But uh, A little longer. Oh, dude, that'd be sick. <laughs> I got to try that. Jesus. I uh, know. Yeah, we had a lot. A lot going on at the trade deadline this year. Um, so much Refreshing. to talk about. So instead of um, mm-hmm. so instead of doing our little banter at the start here, I think we actually we liked doing it at the end of last episode. Uh, so yeah, let the train roll off the rails and... at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's hop into it. You want to cover the trade let's deadline? Let's get to the destination first. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about the trade deadline. My connection's a little unstable here, so I apologize to the listeners. But, yeah, first and foremost, I think we need to talk about the big trade, you know, the one and a half, and that Arturi Lekkanen. That one was tough for happened. me. Honestly, Much that was so to, tough. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Continue, though. Well, I think... <laughs> no, I just think it was... a. Uh, a deal I don't think either of us wanted to to be made. 
I think we both knew that it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. Even Kent Hughes said up until 1 p.m., he wasn't going to make that deal, right? And the deadline's at three. So it, it was a, it was an offer that blew him out of the water and that he was going to take. And you know what? It's a pretty fucking good offer. Justin Barron, a second-round pick. And what was that it? Was there anything else? Um... I'm looking it up for you. Is is he the any relations to the Morgan Baron that got traded in the Andrew Cop deal? Uh, I, know, I know this is kind of like a fucking left win for you, but I, I just asked because he was like one of the last people that that got dealt uh, for trade deadline. But I'm looking at the Arturi Lekkinen trade. It's uh, it is it's a switch for sense, Justin Barron uh, in 2024. Justin Barron. Jesus, we should just talk yep. over each other. And no, it's <laughs> it's all good. We're both it's excited. Right. So. He's buzzing. I'm drunk. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, no, a phenomenal. I think a phenomenal deal. A uh, lot of fans going. Oh my God! How'd you not get at least the first because of Brendan Hagel got two? Okay, so I'm glad you brought well, that up. Continue. I was just gonna say, uh, look, realistically, the Avs are probably gonna win the Stanley Cup this year, <laughs> especially with the addition of our Terry Lekkinen. Mm-hmm. And I think the way people need to look at this deal is: Are you gonna get a better prospect at 32nd to 28th overall? in the Mm. draft than Justin Barron. And realistically, I just don't see that happening. Justin Barron was projected to be in the top 15 of his own draft class, the 2020 draft class with uh, Caden Gooley. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen because he got blood clots. He was injured. So he was actually a steal, and he's been phenomenal. His draft year, sorry. His, yeah, his post, like his last year, he had 31 points in 33 games in the queue for Halifax. Now he's playing for the Colorado Eagles, the AHL affiliate of the Avalanche. He's got 20 points, 43 games, playing on the power play. He's actually a junior eligible player, but since he played games in the AHL last year, he's able to play in the AHL this year, which is what he's been doing. Played two games nice. in the NHL this season. Six foot two, 195, very mobile defenseman. This is a absolute steal. And this is a guy the that Joe Sackick and the Avs said they weren't, they would not part from this guy for a rental. They only were willing to consider it because Lekkinen has term mm-hmm. or, you know, the ability option to have term because he's yeah. an NFA. So I love this deal. So I'm glad, I'm glad you bought all of that up because when I initially saw it, I didn't remember Justin Barron from the draft. Um, and then obviously, just like everybody else, I'm looking at the second round. And then I'm looking at 2024. We know how stacked 2023 is. So I was like, what the fuck? Like, can we even really – I mean, yeah, I'm sure we can. But can we even really, like, judge the 2024, sec- you know, like, grouping? But honestly, uh, you know, two days later – well, three days now, we're recording on a Wednesday – uh, so you guys are hearing on a Thursday. I'm relearning about Justin Barron, and this is big. And I know we haven't talked about anybody else yet, but we, like you've said, have secured like one of the most potent 
defensive prospecting pools out there in the league right now. But I'm excited to have Justin Barron. Um, was he the guy that had the press conference earlier? Yeah, so Justin Barron had a press conference today with the Canadians. Um, much to my surprise, actually, I thought he was going to report to um, Laval and then possibly get some games later in the season. Nope, reported to Montreal, practiced with the team, might play. This will be Thursday. You guys listen to this. So it might play four. tonight. <laughs> might play nice. Thursday night for the Canadian. So that's pretty exciting. Even if he doesn't play right away, he will have NHL games this year. He'll be in Laval. He'll be close by tomorrow. Already winning the hearts of the French media. He is bilingual. Uh, took French immersion. Takes took half of his questions in French, but responded in English today. It was kind of funny to see that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Barron's a great pickup. And if you look at Montreal now, and you know, you're talking about their prospect pool, but say you want to simply talk about what their projected D prospects are, you've got Gouli, Malo, or Mayu, Barron. Harris, Norlander, Struble, Jacki, Dmitry Kostenko, William Trudeau, Gianni Fairbrother. That's loaded, okay? Mm-hmm. All of those guys have legitimate NHL futures. Like, they could all play in the NHL. Fairbrother, Trudeau, Kostenko are projected to be more bottom-pairing guys. They might play 150 games in the NHL regardless they have that potential to make the NHL, which is, which is value. Okay. You make value in players is time played quite often when you look at a trade tree, but you go to the, the guys above them. Jack guy looks like he could make the NHL next year. He's big fucking physical, just a great, great steps forward in his progression. A great signing Jaden Struble. We haven't talked much about him this year, but another phenomenal defender out of Northeastern playing with Jordan Harris. We all know Matthias Norlander. I think we all know the you know top four upside we believe he can have and the offensive production he can bring. Jordan Harris, who, Corey, I think we needs no introduction. We've talked about him aimlessly. And hopefully that, that thing has been patched up. I think this is an exciting program or organization to come to now. Yeah, and from what everything we've heard, now Kent Hughes – is not allowed to speak to him about a contract NCAA, yet. Yeah. But he coached, we found out he coached him when he was seven. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I think we can be fairly confident that Harris might sign with Montreal. Montreal has some deep ties to Dude. Northeastern. Not just now, but in the past, historically, too. Going all the way back to Mike Condon and Charlie Lindgren, okay? We've got a wow. lot of guys who have played at Northeastern. Caden Primo played there. Um, there's been a bunch of guys. Right now, we have the Kent Hughes connection, Jeff Gordon, uh, Jordan Harris, Jaden Struble, Jack Hughes, which is Kent's son. There's a lot of connection there. Marty St. Louis' son plays there. Montreal has a lot of deep-rooted connection with Northeastern, so I don't think people need to be too worried about Harris. And at the end of the day, you 
there's no no point in worrying because you can't do anything about it, right? Right. <laughs> he either signs or he doesn't. And I just look at this decor, and you know, the one thing I think Montreal may have looked for or may have been needing a little bit in their prospect pool on defense was a right-handed shot. Justin Barron's a six foot two, 195 pound right-handed shot who can skate better than almost every other player I just named. So <laughs> a phenomenal acquisition from Kent Hughes. The more I look at this trade, the more I analyze it, the more I absolutely love it. And I, my, my best friends and Avs fan, absolutely like not, not a casual either. And, you know, he was telling me, Hey, like, this is a great trade. He says, like short term, we win this, but Justin Barron's legit. He's going to be a guy, a guy that's going to be on your blue line for a long time. So I'm very happy with this trade. Oh yeah. So just an insight on Arturi Lekkanen. We talked briefly uh, this season and mentioned how, you know, that third line was in a sense acting as the second line. Um, Arturi Lekkanen does, did not play the day before that, uh, the abs are playing. Uh, it's working out a visa issue for him right now, but he is set to play on a line uh, with Andre Barkovsky and Nazem Kadri, who's been just unreal since he got his chance with this team. Um, but because of Landeskog having that knee surgery, he's not coming back till the start of the playoffs. So they pushed Valerie, uh, Jesus, Nishushkin. Nishushkin. Dude, I've said, I know that. But as soon as I tried to say it on air, I was like, oh, you're just going to fuck this up. Like uh, Nigel <laughs> Dick. Uh, but so they they bumped up Valerie to the left to the left wing and Arturi Lekkonen's coming to a, a stout ass fucking offensive team and he's been unreal with the Habs he's gonna go and find a, a cobby hole next to Nazem Kadri he's playing he's playing on their second power play unit yeah he is so uh, if you if you need a if you had Landeskog like I did He's not playing for you to rest of fantasy. You might as well dump him unless you got to keep a leak. And I actually, I took a risk and I picked up Arturi Lekkonen because I honestly think that this, the success he had with the Habs is moving forward with Colorado. I think he's going to be easy fucking points um, for your team. So uh, honestly, super fucking, super upset that this, you know, that he's gone, but it's a couple days later and now I can really, just understand what we have coming back to us. And as much as I feel like we've lost our last, you know, five on five perfection player, I'm happy with the return now. And honestly, I think that 2024 second round pick might get, might get bundled together to get a, a ridiculously amazing pick in 2023 it's funny funny you mentioned that because jeff gordon and kent hughes i'm not sure Corey, if you would have had the time to uh, to see this the habs did a um like a the q a stream yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it was mostly english questions which was thank god a nice change of pace for me because my 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 french is quite lacking (laughs) when i when i try to speak french it's it turns out mostly to be fringlish so mm-hmm. it was it was nice to uh to kind of understand most of what was being said and they Kent Hughes in particular talked about how you know look they they can use that as currency at the draft like they their their mindset isn't Mark Bergevin 
darts on a dartboard, we're going to try and shoot as much as we can and hope something sticks. They're using these as currency to get players that they identify as valuable assets to the team, which is an outlook that I I'm, I'm in love with, to be honest. I think that's phenomenal. And, and some, of, some of these, some of these guys, and, and we know that Mason's more of like the prospect guy. And just unfortunately, because I live so far South, it was never really like put into my watchability of, of prospects for the NHL. You know, it's just, it's just something that's so like kind of far out of my fucking range that I'm, I'm slowly getting into, but it's so, it's so cool to see these new, you know, the new GM and the, and the new vice president make some of these, these fucking moves because I'm like, who the fuck is this? And it's probably people that they had on their radar. Well, Gordon's radar in New York, that wasn't possible. And now is something that's a valuable, you know, acquisition in it with a new team. Um, I don't know much. This is a, this is another trade. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we talk about all of them before we just start fucking salivating. But we get back Jake Allen, and yes, we'll we'll go over the game a little bit. Jake Allen had a phenomenal return despite the loss. Um, but we move Andrew Hammond, who in his time here served us very well, and I will miss Lay Big Mac, but moved him to uh, New Jersey for a Nate Schnarr. Now I don't know much about him yet he was actually one of the guys that i don't want to say i overlooked but um once mason was telling me about you know how stout this defensive pair well this defensive grouping that we got back was i uh i tried to focus a little bit more on that but um a one-for-one trade seems to be a decent pickup uh nate schnar yeah the Nate Schnarr deal, okay, so Nate Schnarr, uh, he's, I think he's 23, uh, was drafted, I believe, a year before or the same year. Let me quickly he's 23. double check. Uh, so he was drafted the same year uh, Suzuki was. Yeah, 2017, um, third round, 75th overall to the Yotes. Yeah, so played for Guelph. Uh, the same year Suzuki did. Played on a line with him, I believe. Oh, nice. Uh, he's a big guy, six foot three, not the heaviest, 185 pounds. Uh, look, I don't think this deal. Now, Schnarr is going to help Laval. He's going to play on the top line. He's going to help their playoff run. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be helpful for the HL program. This deal was mostly about Andrew Hammond, though. And yeah, Jeff yeah, Gordon just, and Ken Hughes alluded to that. They wanted to give him a chance because Montreal has four had four goalies on the roster. And the way they explained it was we feel that Andrew Hammond earned a chance with his play to, to still be in the NHL. And we wanted to give him that opportunity. And not only is that just the utmost class, like that's so respectful of a veteran guy in Hammond and just any player. It was it was a classy move. Players notice that, man. Right. You know what I mean? Like, players notice that coming into free agency. Look, this is a classy organization. They look out for your needs, your interests. And like I said, it's just a class act from Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. Well, I noticed that this kid had 102 points uh, his 2018-19 year with Guelph. Mm-hmm. So that's after – I mean, it's after his time 
with, with Suzuki. Uh, with Suzuki. <laughs> but like they had a decent time with him and then goes on to have a fucking tear. And then in the playoffs, they had another 19 points. But um, yeah, like you said, this was more to just move Andrew Hammond in a, in a position where he can continue to play because, I mean, we got Montembeau, we got Jake Allen. I think they, I think they couldn't have said it better, and they couldn't have done a more. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the right word would be. It's not like great manager. It's like borderline just being like a great fucking human. You're just being a good person, but it it also helps the Habs, right? Because, Mm -hmm. like I said, people notice that. Like, they're going to look at that and say, this is a good organization that cares about you, and they're going to take care of you. They're going to worry about your interests. So, yeah, a great move. And I wish uh, Andrew Hammond nothing but the best. I hope he succeeds in New Jersey, which I'm sure he will. And, yeah, like like I said, not – not a big factor move for the Canadians. I, I don't think we're going to see Nate Schnarr in a Habs uniform this year, if I'm being honest. I think mm-hmm. there are guys ahead of him. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, there's, there's a little bit. Not he's, only He's in the back of the, back of mm-hmm. the pool. And not only from the Habs, like, dressing room, but also in the AHL, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to assume Jesse Jesse, Jesse Yelonen yeah. uh, would be ahead of him. Um I'm trying to think of other players. Cam Hillis. Like, there, there are guys that yeah. you would presume have a better shot. But, yeah, a good move to uh, help um, Andrew Hammond out. And so I think I, we should talk about the other up? big move, though, unless you had something else to add. Um, just another small move. We had uh, – they also moved Michael McNaven. Um, it's still under future considerations. So They moved – no, no, that wasn't the Habs, eh? Huh? The Habs moved McNiven a long time ago. What the fuck? Why is it? I don't know why it's got it listed together like this, but it is <laughs> so what McNiven, it is. McNiven yeah. was moved from. Oh yeah, fuck, this is back in from March. Calgary. Yeah, to another team for future considerations. Mm-hmm. Montreal uh, traded him to Calgary for future considerations. Sorry. But yeah. So yeah, let's let's keep it keep it cruising. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. So the other big trade, Brett Kulak for a second round pick, a in twenty twenty three, a seventh round pick, and William Lagason. Now, this is the only trade that, while I think Montreal did well with, I'm hesitant about. But based on the Justin Barron deal, I think it makes sense. It opens up opportunities for players that. I don't think Baron wouldn't have there. There's more opportunity on the blue line now. I think for mm-hmm. guys like Baron, and I think this deal not only was it made because I think Ken Hughes got an offer he couldn't resist, which was the second and the seventh, and also because the play of Corey Schooneman, I think, made Brett Kulak a little more expendable. Uh, Schoenman's been playing great. Uh, Ken Hughes, St. Louis, Jeff Gordon, they've all had very good things to say about him. And honestly, I can't really disagree with anything they said. I think Schoenman has been amazing. And if he can continue his play, like he provides a lot of similar things that Brett Kulak does, plays a similar style. So 
I think it makes sense what they what they've done here. I got to be honest, I don't think it was a move Montreal needed to make. Uh, just based on the fact that I think Kulak provides more than a second round pick, but I, I'm not. I can't say I'm upset about the deal. Like I think, I think it was adequate what they got for him, and I'm I'm still happy about it. Like we were talking earlier, Montreal is going to have a plethora of second round picks to use this currency or draft players. And the second round is nothing to sneeze at, especially in 2023. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it was just kind of, a, Oh, like I'm not sure we needed to make that move, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm still happy with it. Yeah, no. Uh, I like Brett Kulak. Uh, I voiced my opinion before that. I like Kulak better than Mete. Um, yeah. You were right about that. Hey, I take, I took the L on that. I don't, I don't know how. I think I think there was really good. It was justifiable on both sides. Um, I think Mete's development was ruined. But looking back, like he, whether or not it was ruined, he hasn't become anything. <laughs> yeah, but you know he also I mean? like, isn't getting a chance now, whereas the Oilers aren't in much better of an opposite, you know, a better of an opportunity. I mean, he, he went to Ottawa, who is definitely in a rebuilding, you know, stature, but it's tough, you know. Um, it really is. But look, I like I Brett. I like Brett Kulak. Uh, the Lagason, okay. You know, like you said, same thing with Nate Schnarr. Uh, he's got a lot of people in front of him. Um, but also getting a second round pick this year, and then a 2024 seventh round. That one feels like it was just thrown in for good faith. You know what I'm saying? Um, just to make it work. I love the deal simply because it was, I don't want to say a swindling, but we needed to make room. Brett Kulak was available to be someone to be moved. And we got three, we got three things out of it. And that's because of this fucked up calf situation where, you know, the picks are getting moved faster than the cap just because the cap's not, not really going up right now. Um, and that 2024 seventh round is a really big, I mean, I don't want to call it a really big token, but it's going to be something that's utilized later to move, uh, another medium sized piece or, you know, smaller piece. And it'll be like a, a, a cash token to, to help move it forward and, mean, and get something we want. Sorry. Do you mean the second round pick? No, the seventh round. Do you think the seventh round? What's the seventh round going to be used for? It's like a, it's just like it is with this, like like just an additive to help. Just like a throw, like it. a throwaway. Exactly. Kind of throw like this okay. is like if it was a twenty twenty two, okay, they they might keep it. It might be something utilized later as as just a cash grab, but a twenty twenty four, we it's too far in the future. We know you know what it what it can be, but it's obviously too small of a factor to be held on to. This is something that's going to get boosted with like a fifth round or something like that, or um, a prospect plus this, you know, it's going to be a booster chip to grab something that might be just, just a bit out of our reach. And I love that. We just grabbed an easy chip, you know, to, to help the next thing that we do in the off season. I guarantee you that that pick gets moved this offseason in a a nice trade that's going to utilize, like, 
that's going to, you know, help this team. I think it makes sense. And, yeah. you know, like, like you said, I, I'm sad to see Brett Kulak go. I, I don't think the move necessarily had to be made. But when you look at the situation Montreal is in, we named all those prospects. Talk about the emergence of uh, Corey Schooneman, and now you have Justin Barron. The reality of the situation is if Kulak wasn't traded, they they would have had to re-sign him next year because you can't not get assets for him and then not re-sign him. And I think Kulak would have provided a lot to this team, but he also would have stood in the way of young guys progressing. And that's simply because, look, David Savard's here to stay, unfortunately. Yeah, for His a while. <laughs> His contract's not going to be moved for a bit, or you're going to have to pay to get rid of it. I'm sure Kent Hughes will figure something out, but mm-hmm. you weren't going to get rid of David Savard. You got to make room on that blue line. I think it makes sense, especially with Justin Barron here and possibly playing NHL games. Look, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon fucking killed this trade deadline. Like the, the position Montreal is in now is phenomenal. Also, let's not ignore the fact I picked up William Lagason, who is going to provide some solid relief on the bottom pairing for Montreal for the rest of the season, which I think is great. It gives Barron the opportunity to play because I think Barron could be a better player than Lagason. But if he's not ready, you let Lagason take the beating. Mm -hmm. You just send Barron to the AHL to do well with Laval. I think this is a great move. And I'm really excited, especially, uh, you know, we've been talking about Barron for a while now but baron and Gooley were partners at the world oh, nice. or the world juniors this year they said he said he contacted Gooley. they're both excited to play with each other again and you you look at what the future pairings on this blue line could be and you just gotta smile a little bit hey uh kent mm-hmm. hughes and jeff gordon today actually talking about you know open to signing Romanov to a long-term extension. Which they fucking should. Which they absolutely should. Like, And then also signing Caulfield. You know, the NHL top prospects games on tonight, Shane Wright and Matthew Savoie absolutely dominated all the skills competition, all the physical testing. They both scored tonight. Nice. The future for Montreal looks very, very bright, to say the least. Oh, yeah. And like you said, the Kulak thing might not have been needed right away. But you got guys like, you know, your buddy, Mateus Norlander, coming up. Um, Sherratt definitely made a hole for for somebody. But Schooneman's playing very good. Ryan made a good point. You know, he's playing very decent, and he deserves the chance. Um, On the subject of Sherratt. Uh-huh. I thought realistically, and I know it's only been a few games, I thought we were going to notice Sherratt's disappearance more. But I've got to say, now, granted, Romanov's lost his lost his other partners. So he's lost two partners now. And mm-hmm. he was, Sherratt was replaced by Kulak. So we'll see how Romanov plays without Kulak. Kulak is great at supporting his partner. Yeah. I think Romanov has so far filled that void pretty seamlessly. No, I think I think you're right because and they must have seen that in order to move Kulak because unfortunately Kulak has never been the person that they pair with somebody to isolate and make Kulak 
more Kulak apparent. Makes his Kulak was better. the person to make the exactly. Like and let's let's not forget too. Montreal still has two very capable veterans on the blue line. Jeff mm-hmm. Petrie, except for this season, has been the model of consistency and yeah. offensive defensive production since his ten- his entire tenure. Since coming here. Yeah, absolutely. And they have Joel Edmondson. Now it looks like Petrie isn't gonna stick around. Which no. is sad because they, Jeff Petrie has become one of my favorite players. They spoke about it. I forgot which guest they had on Spitting Chicklets, but they talked about it and they said that it it's still happening. They both parties have met. He still wants out, but they both understand that it ha- you know they're not when it comes, it comes. They're not if they find something for him and it's worth their time, they'll do it. But it it's not something that they're fucking worried about as of now you know and yeah and from what i understand with petrie it has less to it has nothing to do with the team it's about family mm-hmm. too right that's what i've understood yeah. unless you've heard differently no 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 it yeah it's it's family from i haven't heard anything like see at first you know we don't hear this stuff so what what is our mind gonna do they're gonna go to the rumor mill oh you know like the bad taste from, from the, the MB era, um, you know, um, throwing him in a position he might not have been comfortable for, shit like that. But And then it comes what? out to the wash, and we find out it's just it's just family thing. You know, it's just trying to be closer to his relatives and shit like that. Well, I think part of it, his wife and his kid are living in the U.S. now. Mm-hmm. A lot of that had to do with COVID restrictions. Yeah. Now, what I have, what I have to say next is a reach, and it's just – an assumption, so this isn't anything. Yeah, Petrie to this. Colorado. Well, no, I'm saying... <laughs> <laughs> I think, personally, from an uneducated source looking outwards, I would guess part of it, too, has to do with the amount of shit that this organization's fan base gave to Julie Petrie this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners are... I know some of like a good portion of our listeners are pretty active on Twitter, but some of the people were, were adding Julie Petrie on Twitter and saying to her it was fucking disgusting. And, yeah. you know, the players taking it, they do, they deserve it. No, but they make millions of dollars. So they're expected to take it a little bit. What Julie Petrie had to go through regardless of her political views, because I know that she, I think part of it was she was a little bit anti-vax and I think some of it had to do with the convoy regardless. Mm -hmm. I don't care. She can support whatever she wants. She didn't sign up to be harassed online. And I, you know, it makes me, I kind of assume, and I am reaching and assuming here, but I would assume that plays a part of it too. So I have absolutely no malice for Jeff Petrie uh, wanting to go home. Uh, He, look, he, He's not here for the rebuild. He only has a few more years of being productive. It looks like he's already a little bit on the decline. He's one of my favorite players. I want him to get that cup. I want him to get that ring. So Mm -hmm. I have absolutely no problem with uh, Jeff Petrie asking for a trade. Look, he hasn't been playing like a guy who wants out. (laughs) He's he's not leaving for a super – he's not leaving on a selfish 
on a selfish base of it being like, things aren't working here. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be a part of this. He's leaving because, you know, like you said, it could be a reach. His wife's not here. How long has he really, I mean, since COVID it's, it's probably been, I'll see you, you know, when I can, the, his family's growing away from him, you know, and the backlash this season, it's, it's too much. I, I couldn't imagine what it's like to try to go out and play a game and try to tone that shit out. I, I couldn't imagine that. I don't think I could fucking do it. You know, if I have a bad game, someone's going to rip on my wife who I haven't seen in 30 days, you know, who yeah, I can't be there to, to, to help raise my child, you know, that I have to get FaceTime calls to see my kid, to see it walk or, or, or do something that I wasn't there for. That's got to be fucking tough, you know, and then his city that, you know, should be supporting him in his time is like, oh, we're just going to backlash his fucking wife. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. That's the, like, that, yeah, that's we don't, we don't know that's why the reason, right? but so, as an assumption, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I just think it's something to consider. And, you know, I don't think our listeners are the people. So it's not like us shitting on, it's just kind of an observation. I, I assume that plays part of it. I'm sure. There's other things too, you know, like, Canada's opening up. I just walked in. What day is it recording? So I think it was yesterday. Yesterday? Mm-hmm. Maybe the day before. I w- walked into a LCBO for the first time in two years. Didn't wear a mask. And like to, you know, say that felt weird. I think is under underselling it a little bit, but mm-hmm. Corey, you, you, how long have you been going without a mask for a hot minute? Because they don't give a fuck down here. And you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Canada's just doing it different. Um, whether you agree with that or not, I don't think it matters. I think we can all, all agree, whatever side of it you're on, it takes a toll out of you. Oh, absolutely. Being in quarantine for this long. And especially if you're an American, <laughs> you know, you go, you play games in the U.S. and you don't have to, you're not locked down and you can do whatever the fuck you want. And then you come back here. I get it. Like, it must be a little frustrating. So, yeah, I wish Jeff Petrie nothing but the best. And we'll, we'll probably have some more speculation in the summer because that's when we knew that's when a deal would be made anyway. So we'll see what happens in that regard. Um, do we have any other trade deadline talk you want to talk about? We can... No, that's really it, but I think that we did a fantastic job for just moving four players. We've turned around and picked up uh, four guys and one, two, three, four, five, five picks with these four moves during the trade deadline. And I think that's massive. Whether or not these people work out for this team, I think the golden ticket – it's going to be Justin Barron and maybe Tyler um, Smilinak. Um, but these are also key factors and more moves if, if they don't turn out to be anything. But we got a second, a first, a fourth, a seventh. I'm sorry, two seconds. 
along with Nate Schnarr, Justin Barron, William Lagason, and Talis Milanek. Four players turned into fucking what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine possible outcomes. Whether they're moved, whether they play for this team, whether they become an actual Canadian's draft pick, that's huge. So I'm oh, very absolutely. impressed. I'm very impressed with what we've done. And there was only one move, the Andrew Hammond for Nationar, that was a one for one. Everything else oh, was multi. Montreal did phenomenally, made out like bandits. And for the most part, like I, I've been sad with most of the moves, but I've agreed with all of them. And the the toughest one to swallow is definitely Lekkinen. Uh Seeing Galley and him, their exchanges on Instagram. Look, Lekin is one of the only players in the last fucking 10 years that has been drafted and developed properly by Montreal. He's into, got not just a, a role, but like a, a an impact player. He's got the biggest goal for the Canadians since the 90s. And yeah, it really hit me when someone put that on Twitter. The uh, yeah, that the, motherfucker the, the play. reminding us. And I was like, oh my God, like Arturi Lekkinen, how could I have ever said anything not positive about you? God bless, son. Like <laughs> Arturi Lekkinen's name will be remembered in Montreal mm-hmm. and, and like after his death and his impact. <laughs> No, seriously. He'll be part of Montreal lore forever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe, you know, you never know. Maybe this isn't goodbye. Maybe it's see you later. We don't know with Lekkanen, but honestly, there's a lot. There's a lot of that going around. Continue. Mm -hmm. I can tell you one thing. I was already a Closet Abs fan. Now Now I am one fucking rooting (laughs) for them all the way. And, you know, it makes it better. They were already the betting favorites, and now they are far and away the betting favorites mm-hmm. with Arturi Lekkinen. And speaking about betting favorites, I think we may have a word from our friends at DraftKings. We do. Before we even get into it, you said like four things in, in the past five minutes. That was like, he's about to tee off the ad read. So I haven't pulled up and then we just kept going. So finally we got to it. But yeah, yes, folks, we have an ad read by our our sponsors over at DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the season rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Remember, everyone can play for huge cash prizes with daily with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Jesus, Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposits. Y'all remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $100, $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. 
So getting back on track after the lovely ad read, um, we finished up our our fantastic Habs trade deadline moves. Um, a little little bit of sorrow, but a lot in return. Um, Monday night before it, we had our previous game against Boston. Um, it was, I guess. No, so so some of the some of the guys had already gotten moved. Um, the trade it, deadline was Monday. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. I'm sorry. So, um, a devastating game. A game that I honestly feel like we should have won. The um, worst officiating <laughs> I have seen in the National Hockey League this year, for a Habs game at least. Not mm-hmm. outside of the NHL, I've seen some worse. Outside of the Habs, I've seen some worse games, but. That was fucking brutal. Watching Romanov take a puck off the dome and sit in the fetal position. Not good enough. Not good seconds. enough. <laughs> and then have to fucking block another puck. Like, yeah, that, that was ridiculous. Penalties were ridiculous. Montreal lost the game because Charlie McAvoy fucking mugged Jake Evans twice. And somehow it was offsetting penalties because, God forbid, we give a team a power play going into OT. Wouldn't want them to have fucking – wouldn't want to, like, not game manage, right? And, of course, fucking Brad Marchand is the one who puts it in the back of the net. Look, Jake Allen deserved better. I agree with you. The Habs deserved better. Should have won that game. I complain about the refs a lot, and I know you, you feel the same way I do. I rarely say, though, that the Habs lost because of the mm-hmm. refs. I'm not that – I don't want to be that fan. But by God, if the refs didn't help the Bruins out <laughs> this game because that was fucking brutal. Chris Lee's like in, in, in the fucking – in the box in Toronto. Like make it – do it. Like fucking uh, like Emperor, fucking Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> but um, it was the first game back for uh, David Savard. Was it Jake Allen's first game? I believe so, right? It was his first game back, and he had like forty-one saves. But yeah, so fucking refs said no. forty-three on forty-six. Despite the loss, Jake Allen's numbers have been fantastic this year. He finished up the game with a point nine three five. Uh, he's he's unreal. David Savard comes back now. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you want more from David Savard, but they had a pretty pretty sleek goal. Um, he passed it. He pay, oh okay, it was Romanov. So he passes it to Romanov and moves up in the ice, uh, allowing that defenseman to, to go after Romanov. Romanov dishes it right back, and um, he does like a little backhand move, and I think it pops off of a defenseman, uh, off of a, excuse me, off of a blue, uh, geez, not a Blues, a Bruins player's uh, stick or body. And finds the back of the net, but it was a pretty, it was a pretty sassy move. Um, but a, a good thing for Davis Savard, I, I guess it puts him, um, you know, if we would have won this game, it would have been better. But definitely gets us off in the right foot, gets him off on the right foot in the eyes of some of these harsher Habs fans. Um, honestly, Monday was tough for me. Uh, I watched a piece of the game. Um, that Yoel Armia goal, oh, kiss the fucking cake. You know what I'm saying? Like, after losing Lecky, at least 
you know, like the person who I honestly wanted to get moved before Lekkonen, I, I would have rather Yoel Armia to get moved before Lecky, but this is Yoel Armia's time to prove that, you know, I guess he has a spot on this team, and I think he still does. I'm not, I might be being too harsh, but I need to see more highlight real goals or at least goals, period. It was his fourth of the season on a shorthanded, which was a phenomenal play to fucking get it going. Uh, I think that was Romanov chasing behind him, uh, trying to help on it, but uh, just a beautiful goal nonetheless. And um, I couldn't have been more happy. And I'm sure Lekkonen, uh that was a kiss off to him. <laughs> Because it should have been lucky, but we have Yoel Armia, and I'm I'm just gonna accept that he's here, and I know what he's capable of, and I think that's what makes me so upset about him is that I expect him to play at this type of caliber, and it's so hit or miss right now. It'll be really interesting to see what uh, the Habs brass choose to do with Armia in the summer. Like you said, when he's on his game, he's phenomenal, and we've been used to you know Mr. Playoffs. Armia has been a player that I think. Yeah, Armia has been a guy, though, who has left Habs fans wanting mm-hmm. for more for years, right? Like, you, you've yeah. watched Armia and you've gone, oh, if only he could do that every night. But this year, there have been nights I'm going, oh, I wish he would just get off the fucking ice. Like, <laughs> he's been yeah. horrid. And, yeah, it was a nice goal. He had a good, he's had a good few games lately, so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, he had some really great minutes, guy. too. He had some really great minutes. He, they gave him 15... 15- 15 minutes, he got two minutes on the power play, he got two minutes on the shorthand. And then, uh, I mean, of all of those minutes, the best time to fucking score is when we're shorthanded. You know, that's a great look for fucking Martin St. Louis to be like, all right, you know, you've earned yeah, that I, fucking. I think, I don't know. I'm skeptical to give him too much praise just because. I understand. Yeah. very. And, but I will say, like, I expect to see more of Armia because he's not really a movable guy. That mm-hmm. contract isn't movable unless he picks up his game a little bit. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him and guys like Byron um, in the off season. But I'm not going to lie. The ice cap is wearing off a little bit and I'm crashing. So first, before we move on. <laughs> the ice cap. <laughs> yeah, it, she's wearing off. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly falling asleep here. Pop the energy beer. is pop running low. If I pop a beer, if I have, if I pop another beer, that's putting me right to sleep. Um. I want to talk about the fucking Mickey Mouse jerseys the Leafs are playing <laughs> in tonight. Oh, they're horrible. I was going to say, the, like, the I was always fucking... saving that for when you were, like, starting to mumble because you're, like, so out of, like, you, you just gas tanks on me. So I knew that some Leafs rage would, would pick you up, like a second dose of ice cap. But I'm glad you brought it up. Um, dude, they're horrible. The reversible... Well, the, the numbers are backwards. I want to start first by saying I'm going to applaud the NHL. for do- It's not really NHL. It's the Leafs. But a team in the NHL for doing something original and something that is going to get some new eyes on the game, okay? You got Justin mm-hmm. Bieber, and I don't is know. Is he really Drew- that fucking – I don't even know the word to use, but is he really that big of a deal anymore? Like maybe a yeah. couple of years ago, is he still like the young kids are are down with the Justin Bieber? 
uh like i'm pretty sure I, like well you don't listen to you don't listen to the new fancy schmancy music but uh mm, no some had, of it. i hear had, some of it last year alone he had last year alone he had some huge hits he had stay, yeah he had, that, he had stay and peaches that's all i know yeah but that that was one year alone like he had a bunch like, okay i'm trying to think about it Ghost, so ba- basically i guess i was like, just trying to say he's still at, relevant well he's the number third uh most streamed artist on spotify right now i love your research uh, just check that <laughs> Okay, so he's. Re- I said, I love your research. I said, so he he's just relevant enough to where like it works, but I still I, think I would it's say he's. I would say he's he's pretty fucking relevant if he's the third most listened to artist on okay. Spotify. Okay, you know, but I remember I remember little baby Justin. You know, I remember when baby came out and I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Like, well, anyway, moving past Justin Bieber, um, yeah, get to the jersey. The jersey themselves. The horrid. Look, if I had to summarize Toronto like culture for people my age, like 19 to 24-year-old, like just fucking disgusting, like the 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 mandem out in Toronto, like that culture, people in southern Ontario who don't live in Toronto will know exactly what i'm fucking talking about the fucking oh yeah fam how are you there about that that bullshit mm-hmm. i would describe it with that yellow abomination of a jersey like that epitomizes mm-hmm. everything i hate about the inner city culture in toronto oh it's just so fucking ugly Corey. i can't get past it it's so bad you know what this I'm fucking jersey look at this <laughs> You know what this jersey? It looks like screams? one of those fucking, you know, those little like, what are they called? The little like circle characters. They're like, oh fuck, what are they called? They're these stupid little cartoon things. Mm-hmm. You're talking you about the yellow one. one. You're talking about the yellow one. No, I'm talking about. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean the the, the reversed part of this jersey with the yes. yellow yeah yeah it looks like justin bieber took too many fucking drugs and was like playing mario and was like oh my god the star is the maple leaf and we're just gonna take the fucking mario star and put it on the crest and call it fashion um these jerseys are fucking terrible in my opinion they're they're fucking horrible if I'm not mistaken, Richie Flores, Richie fucking Suave posted that when you reverse these these fucking jerseys, the numbers are backwards. So one, you look like a fucking idiot for spending $250 on this jersey. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more because it's got Justin Bieber's fucking name on it. When you flip it over, the numbers are backwards. So you look like you're from like where I live in the fucking South. And it, it looks like a straight up Mario Sunshine fucking ripoff. Other than that, it looks okay, like so if you didn't tell me if you didn't tell me this was done by Justin Bieber, I would have said this was made by that fucking dumb kid that's from your town. That's a TikTok fucking icon that got picked <laughs> up by Josh NHL, Richards. dude. This has got Josh Richards all over it. The Josh Richards collection. Okay, Corey, childish. I- 
you may have heard me furiously typing. Do you know? <laughs> do you know Mr. Men? Those little cartoons. And little Men. I'll look them up right now, and I'll let you know if I've seen them. You'll know exactly Mr. what I'm Men. fucking talking about. It looks like those. Yeah, things. these fucking dudes, dude. These were you... books when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. That's what that fucking looks like. <laughs> well, yeah, he does a lot of fucking. I'm sure he does a lot of pills and shit. And he's like, "This looks just like the shit I read when I was a child." Like, is this is like I don't want that. Who wants that on a fucking jersey? There, you know so who does. Bad. And don't even get me started Toronto. on the fucking blue and black. It looks like the the early two thousands bolts uh, bolts jerseys before they went to the new look when they oh, still had the no, black jerseys. They're not that good. They're not. No, they're that not. Good. No, 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 no. I'm not saying they're good. I love that style of, of bolts jersey. I'm just saying, like, it feels like he just went through a catalog of old jerseys and was like, okay, I want to feature black as the jersey and and obviously the blue. I'm going to look around, scroll, scroll. Who's got this? Oh, Tampa Bay, because they're the same color wave as us. Let's see what they've done. It, it gives me that feel. It's, I don't know. Leafs fans I just enjoy like, having the double stripe like the fucking Canadians. Even though it's fucking blacked out, just know that you have a template of a Canadian's jersey, just black and blue. Well... Beat up like your fucking What dreams. I fucking hate, too. So I guess the guy that drew house that helped design it, that little, like, eyeball thing, mm-hmm. that's his, like, MO. Like, that's his, like... Oh, oh, oh. So so a simple third grader's fucking cartoon is his MO. Yeah. Two, two fucking wonky is, eyes. What I'm saying is, why the... I don't want some random fucking guys like call that. That's all he did. He put his little face into a maple leaf and mm-hmm. was like, yeah, buy this. I'm drew house. It's, it's, like, it's I literally the, that. N- I don't it's, care. It's literally the NFTs of Jersey. <laughs> or, you know what that, you know what that's the equivalent to? If you and I fucking partnered with like Michael Buble and we were like, yeah, we're coming out with the reverse retro Habs jersey. And we included our fucking logo of me and you with the microphone on the Habs jersey. And we're like, this is our design. We worked really hard on it. Like, oh, I get this is for the kids. But I don't really think Justin Bieber is for the kids anymore. He's not a, he's not a child. Peaches. Look at Peaches. I don't think that's for like the June. Like I feel like this game is is the equivalent of the fucking Nickelodeon NFL games. You know, well, what I'm have saying? you like, seen? I think the worst thing of all. Have you seen the hats they have with them? Oh yeah, the shitty trucker hats. <laughs> they're like they're blue like, and yellow. They're, they're literally like, like trucker hats with yellow and blue, and like the we're, leaf. We're also secret Blues fans. <laughs> The leaf, yeah, like LA the Rams has like LA Rams. The leaf, like where it says Toronto and it's like in white, they've replaced mm-hmm. it with yellow. But the thing is, it's not like the blues, yellow and blue. I'm not a big fan of, but there were two shades of yellow and blue that kind of work. Mm-hmm. These are like the yellow and blue shades that like 
you you learn about the primary colors when you're like a kindergarten they clash so fucking much like it doesn't work it's so bad it's the worst <laughs> part of it yeah um they definitely didn't go to like a color like i wouldn't say a color theorist but like whoever whoever they had do this rob them of so much money like oh you want blue and yellow not like a fucking not like a nice powder blue you know and and to go with like a nice yellow orange gold no we're just gonna click fucking you know blue yellow boom on a t-shirt on a jersey on a hat give me my fucking money i don't even i don't think we should be surprised though because this is the same organization that they're fucking reverse retro jerseys. Remember how you know? Yeah, they were blue and gray. Ugly those were. Yeah, they but they didn't have the N in Toronto on the reverse retro jersey. If this isn't a typo, whoever fucking designed this is a moron. The N is lowercase, and every other fucking letter mm-hmm. on that jersey is uppercase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I remember there was something fucked up about them that I made fun of for like a year. <laughs> oh my like and then they're oh, coming off the it. I mean even even worse, they're coming off the T jersey, you know, and this is the new one. Just unveiling just, trash after trash after trash. They're filling yeah, up a fucking landfill. I'm I think like that's funny. Like I'm not just doing this say like because it's a Habs fan, it's just this is an organization that routinely takes so many shots but just (laughs) routinely misses over and over and over again they're like the russell westbrooks of the fucking nhl when it comes to like jerseys you ever seen a long came paulie what's that you ever seen the movie a long came paulie ben stiller i haven't Dude, I'll send you a clip. If there's any older people that listen to this and, and have seen that movie it's basically the fucking your boy who killed himself, the blonde haired guy who's screaming rain man and dropping a three from like, I don't know, fucking mid court and just not even hitting the, fu- not even hitting the fucking backboard. <laughs> oh, Chris Farley. No, no, no. It's not Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Was- no, this is another guy. I'll send it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right. No, no. It, they're. God, they're awful. I will get. I'll give the Leafs credit for one of their jerseys, though. The St. Pat's jerseys are sexy. The, I the like green the St. Pat's jerseys. Yeah, they're nice. I I'd have to look at them, but I don't they're know. pretty nice. I do like them, but the yeah, only thing no, the only look the only fucking... thing I'll give them is they went from the old um, like Nintendo sixty four Maple Leaf design where it was just you know, very edgy and went to like an actual like the outline with like the little core of the leaf in it and shit. I think that looks a lot better than the OG stuff. Um, but I know I agree with that. I just think like, Oh, this, this fucking uh, yellow, like yellow and blue. Like I'm no artist and this drew, apparently this drew designs guy is some fucking big shot. You learn as a kindergartner that blue and yellow are kind of clashing blue and yellow are primary. So they're not gonna, they're not really going to work together. I mean, they, they're going to work to create something, but not, I mean, yeah, they make green. 
I believe. They do make green. Great job. Astute observation. An astute observation right here from the nursing student. <laughs> LOL. We're, oh, starting, to, we're starting to ramble. <laughs> we are rambling here. Um, <laughs> did we have anything else to cover? No, I think that's it. Um, oh, shout out to – let me pull it up. Shout out to our friend Jordan. Um, he reached out to us and tried to give me a little friendly uh, friendly tips to be able to watch some of these games. I really appreciated Jordan. Um, and I'm going to do my best to be able to watch some more of these games. We're getting into festival season for us, uh, at least for my job. It's a little tough, but now that I have a way to watch these games, I'm going to be able to get back on them again so i really appreciate it jordan thank you so much for watching and well listening because we're not fucking we're not doing videos yet but uh they said they they watch they listen to the entirety of it and that is a true fan because it gets so stupid on some of these episodes that i really appreciate it so thanks again um another thing i don't know if it's his friends but uh another guy that they evidently probably made room for with the Kulak and the Sharat trade. Uh, Joshua Wah, his buddies got a, a Brendan Gallagher jersey. No, those are just fans. Oh, those are fans. Even yeah. better with the put Wah on it and then turn the the eleven into. I'm guessing a ten uh, might be his number, but it also looks like it says one D, as in he's going to be on the first. The first. It pairing. says Wah. It says Wah <laughs> on it. Well, they, yeah, they says, taped wall. Yeah, it says wall, but then mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers, they taped the eleven into either a ten or a D. So uh, I thought that was really sick. Um, I'm sure he loved that and probably continued his score streak um, after that. But no, I think that's it for me. Oh, um, we had a uh, really bad tornado in Saint Bernard. So prayers to uh, everyone affected in my hometown. Um, None of my people are hurt. Um, they can rebuild if they lost anything, but I'm just really happy that we came unscathed. Yeah, no, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in the St. Bernard Parish and the other two parishes that were affected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thoughts and prayers go to you guys. Uh, you brought up Joshua Wah. Forgot to mention, actually, but thank you for reminding me. Joshua Wah now leads the CHL in points per game, not just really? the QMJHL. So, yeah, leading the CHL in points per game right now with 1.91. Uh, there's one player with higher but doesn't qualify because he's only played 15 games. Uh, I believe that's like Logan. No, I'm not going to say who it is. I have no fucking – I don't remember, to be perfectly honest. But, yeah, Joshua Wah absolutely tearing it up. They did talk about him possibly playing at the World Juniors this year. And Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton were discussing, you know, expecting him to break out in a rookie camp next year and said, look, if he earns a spot on this team, he will be on the team next year. It's up to him. So pretty exciting stuff coming from Joshua Wall and, you know, all prospect related things to the Habs. But we're going to wrap things up here now. Uh, this has been an unusually long one for a, thursday episode so i think we're good to take her out here yeah man
Thank you guys so much. This has been Habs Nightly. You know what to do. Follow us on Twitter at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Bennett. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we can't wait to talk to you guys again. See y'all later. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.